0: Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for the ninth episode of Horror Express. And tonight we're talking about Bride of Frankenstein, a 1935 film directed by James Whale, starring Borlis, uh, Boris Karloff. And uh, it's a classic. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know, do we do we need to give an overview of the plot for people, guys? Like, do you think this is one that uh, <clears throat> is... Uh, known enough or is it so old that we actually have to give them an overview
1: well i mean the skeleton is pretty like it's been culturally saturated but i don't i never saw it before this time and i i it threw some some curveballs at me like there's another scientist that isn't frankenstein i didn't see that coming
0: so I'll, i'll give the overview then it's basically it follows the original frankenstein which is by the same director and came out in 1931 and this is, like, after, like, a windmill has collapsed and the monster and Frankenstein has been thrown, presumably, to his death. And and it's framed against, as, like, a discussion among Mary Shelley, Percy Shelley, and Lord Byron, where she's explaining to them, Oh, no, he didn't actually die. Frankenstein, the doc, Dr. Frankenstein survived and the monster lived. And that's where the movie picks up. And so we see the monster survive and he goes off and he kind of goes on like a personal quest in a way where he meets, you know, he, he he's kind of, he kills some people and then he meets a blind man and he befriends the blind man and the blind man, uh, is, uh, you know, teaches him how to talk. And so the, the, the monster actually develops as a character and becomes a little bit more like the monster from the book, not, Quite at the same level, but a little bit more like it. Um, but the monster is, uh, you know, rejected by some villagers who happen upon the house and a fight ensues and the, the, the house burns. And so the monster is just experiencing, aside from this one friend that he gets, he's getting rejected by everybody. And on Dr. Frankenstein's side, this, this guy named Dr. Pretorius shows up while Frankenstein is recovering And he's also been seeking how to create life like Frankenstein was, except he does it in a different way. And he's trying to goad Frankenstein into working with him so that they can continue to pursue this creation of life. And things kind of come full circle when Pretorius encounters the monster and basically befriends the monster, but then uses him to convince Frankenstein to work with him. And he does it eventually by basically kidnapping elizabeth frankenstein's wife and saying if he wants to see her alive again that he's going to have to make a mate for this monster and so they decide to make they end up making the 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 mate for the monster and there's a you know again this is going to be spoilers but there's a big scene where you know the bride of frankenstein is created and she rejects the monster and the monster freaks out and kills everybody except for dr frankenstein and his wife by pulling a you know, we 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 belong to Death Lever, um, and I, you know, <laughs> I know that was a kind of rough uh, overview. If I missed anything, guys, feel free to weigh in. But that's dude. The... That was
1: a straight up synopsis. You nailed it. That was okay.
0: great. All right, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. It's hard to tell if I'm if I'm on point or not. There's also uh, an interesting yep. character named Minnie in this movie who she's not important <laughs> to the plot, but you,
2: you,
0: she she's important to the movie, and you kind of have to mention her in any synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she, you
3: can't ignore her. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: she's she's like if you've ever had like a crazy aunt that lived through the thirties, she's like that kind of a woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um that's that's a good summation of Minnie. I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, she said like like they don't build people like Minnie anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like Minnie's from a different period, a different time. um And maybe we should start by talking about Minnie because she sort of her along with Doctor Pretorius to me they embody the humor and the camp of this movie the most so so maybe it wouldn't wouldn't be bad to to you know d- discuss some of the humorous elements
1: yeah and there is a interesting like uh undercurrent of humor to this that i i don't think that the framing device works with it super well because it is it's framed mm-hmm. as a story within a story which i actually kind of like that's a that's a legitimate kind of callback to the structure of of, of Frankenstein on the other hand, I don't think these 19... What was this, 1940s or 50s? When was this movie made? 1935.
0: 30s,
3: I think. Yeah, yeah 35.
0: 35? It's, it's actually... The first movie was made, I believe, before the, um, what was it, the Hays Code was really fully implemented. And oh, the, yeah. and And this is made after, and you can kind of tell. Um, there were
3: some... Yeah, some some scenes had to be taken out of it, if I yeah. recall. I can think yeah. of at least one. But, well, uh, like, a
0: big difference is they, they, they touch on... Like how Frankenstein, you know, thinks he's a rival of God, but it doesn't reach the orgiastic levels that it reached in the first movie, where he's screaming, "Now <laughs> I know what it's like to be God!" and you know that. Yeah, right. Well, he's much more. Another
1: reproachful about that previous yeah. stuff. He's like, "Oh, and I'm taking it yeah. back."
0: And and, and Mary yeah. Shelley, at the beginning of the movie, says, "And people didn't understand that the point of my book was that you know he that that he's being punished for trying to play God." You know, there's that whole yep. that whole thing too. I
3: thought the point of the book was that her father
0: didn't love her, but I, that, know, is, that is but the point of every. We, novel. We, we we could have a whole discussion <laughs> about Frankenstein and what it means. But yeah, Do on that, the
3: censorship thing, since we were on it, just to bring it up. Uh, yeah, one of the scenes that was removed was uh in the graveyard when he's walking through the graveyard there's the big crucifix that's on a yeah. that's on some grave and in the there was a scene where he tried to pull he basically saw jesus on the cross and tried to remove the body mm. as if it was a real person and try to help the guy Aww,
2: and really they were
3: sweet. like
0: they're like oh that's that's too that too would sad. have added so much to the movie too that's one that, that actually liked. hurt <laughs> the final result i think
3: yeah yeah exactly that's why that's why i had to bring it up because i'm like wow that's a really great scene but yeah and Uh Vars karloff would have been amazing at it but Mm -hmm. no we don't have it
0: another one they changed she does look as good they they also did change and i don't know if this was because of the code it might have just been universal being like look it's got to end in a happy way but um (laughs) but the, the frankenstein was supposed to die originally uh in that explosion um and, and you can kind of that tell would've... because the no, you go live sort of does kind of seem like it comes out of nowhere, you know?
3: Yeah, exactly. I, there's no reason Frankenstein would be happy. Well, sorry, that the monster would be happy with Frankenstein. It's uh, yeah. it's just he's he's got nothing but animosity towards and throughout what's <laughs> yeah. happened so far. So, yeah, it doesn't make any. I mean, I, I feel like, too, you know, just to compare, since we watched Curse of Frankenstein, that's a really good movie about... The Baron, <laughs> yeah, and and the monster. It's not the monster's bad. The monster is kind of there. This is a movie. Though it's a really good movie about the monster. And this, I'd say that the the character of the of of the Baron is actually kind of weak because uh, it's just they, they have to kind of make him be good through the whole thing and it's like it's just like oh i've learned my lesson i want to be a good guy now and it, it's just like oh that's kind of boring <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well and a big difference too would have been the the curse of frankenstein frankenstein would have been having sex with Minnie, and you know like yeah. this that, that whole element <laughs> exactly. too um exactly. but you know uh but uh, but i think uh i in this one I think it's good that he ends up being a little more on a righteous path because they're able to introduce this Doctor Pretorius character who is true
3: true really
0: is, the, Pretorius the, the, is such a
1: strange villain too cuz like much like Mitty he's kind of part of the comic relief of this movie. He's
0: he's like a Vincent Price type villain. He's he's more in the style of there's like a there's a wink in his eye as he's performing and there's a there's a delight in in how you know in how he's doing everything and 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 he's saying all these horrible things. He's basically saying out out front like I want to be evil. But the way he's saying it's it's <laughs> you know it 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 just you know like I, I forget what he said. Like he so so the scene for me that really encapsulates Pretorius is, is uh, when he when he's showing Frankenstein how he's created life, and he pulls out all these little jars with little miniature yeah. people in them, these little homunculi and weird scene it's a very (laughs) weird scene but it's a very clever and creative scene and he he uh he has like a a queen and he has a king and he's dressed them up all like this they're not actual kings and queens he's just decided oh this one looks like a queen so I'm gonna make her a queen and this one he's he's her king and this guy he doesn't like what they're doing so I'm gonna make him an archbishop and 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 here's my ballerina and she only dances to Mendelssohn which I find so boring and atrocious (laughs) you know it's this really weird conversation that he has and then he has a mermaid in there but he doesn't seem at all like the mermaid is the most interesting thing he makes and he seems to think that it's the dullest of all of his you know creations um
1: we don't get a lot of follow-up on those little guys by the way i don't no. like, think they escaped and have their own movie no because
0: the point of that is he explains that he's only been able to create like create life in miniature. But also, his, his creations are far more successful than Frankenstein's. Like, those are real people. And he says that he did it by seeding life. He did it in the way that life is actually created. They don't get into the details, but you're wondering, like, what on earth was he doing to make... Like, because like, you know what Frankenstein did, but you have no idea what this guy did to, to manufacture life because um, he said he basically like he i think he described it like growing bacteria in a petri dish or something like it was yeah a, that's
1: kind of the the impression i got is he just took some disparate cells and kind of grew them that way
0: yeah you know, it's it's yeah. so it's it's very strange but th- but that whole scene he's like you know he has a line where he says um he mentions devils and angels and he says i think life would be so much more fun if if we just did away with this whole being angels things, cause he has a devil miniature too. And if we just, you know, we just enjoyed being devil, you know, was, but he says it in like a hue, there's a humor to it that makes the whole thing fun. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it is, it's a really fun scene, which
1: yeah. I, I didn't, for my first blush of it was like, what in God's name am I looking at? And then a few minutes into that scene, I was like, nah, I dig it. I
0: want my own many people. <laughs> well, you you even texted me, I remember, when you saw it, and you yep. were like, Why are there little people in jars in this movie? It's and... such
3: a swerve,
1: man.
0: Yeah.
3: I, I, I was like it. It's, a, for it's one of those scenes that kind of expands the universe of the movie that there's this dude yeah. who's growing little people in jars. It's just like, Whoa, this. Yeah, it's like it has nothing to do with the plot. And you could cut that scene out and you wouldn't notice, but it, it just adds so much. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm glad they kept it in. Well, uh, I was yeah. on the fence about it at first, but yeah, I've completely overcome my uh, revulsion to changing the <laughs> Frankenstein mythos because it really does feel like it's kind of going along that same vibe. I'd like to point out that the filmmakers, it seemed like they were trying to legitimize this take by making it come from Mary Shelley's mouth, effectively. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like, well, I, I maybe this was an early draft,
3: you know, on the topic of the introduction that, that does feel very tacked on. Cause it's like, not even like it's a frame that we come back to at the end or anything. And it, and it's, it feels like mainly like the studio said, Hey, you know, there may be people who haven't seen the first movie because obviously it's not the iconic yeah. movie it is today. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you've got to, you've got to have somebody explain the story of the first movie. And yeah, cause I mean, there's, I know the scene just isn't that good. I, most of the scene is, oh, can you believe a woman wrote a book? And, and, and but but it's got it Lord Byron
1: Bowling his R's through it. That's really yeah. fun. Yeah. I. Oh, what? I, it's got Lord Byron rolling his Rs through it, and anything anytime Lord Byron exists in any kind of media, I'm like, that's my boy.
0: It, it's
3: I, I can give you that. I can give you that. Okay.
0: okay, let's talk about so that scene. Well, number one, that scene is interesting in that it's at least based on the fact that that's how she created the book. The book was inspired as an evening of storytelling that involved Lord yeah. Byron and so it's kind of cool that that fidelity to the you know the background of the novel is there. It's weird that she describes. Events that happened in the first movie as if they're in the book that she wrote, which they're not. Do you know what I mean?
1: They're very not. But it's also,
0: I, I see it maybe also as a nod that this movie is going more in the direction of the book than the first movie did even though it's it takes a lot of liberties like there's no doctor pretorius in in the novel and there's yeah. no you know there's no little diminutive people or any of that stuff but but it takes it takes this forgotten subplot of the monster asked victor frankenstein to make a bride for him and in the book he, he f- Frankenstein you know, freaks out, and I think he rips the bride apart and doesn't actually complete the project, but he starts it. And uh, and this is sort of a thought experiment of, oh, what would happen if he actually did make the bride for the monster? Um,
1: right, cause so, that's, that's one of the things that gets bandied about by Frankenstein in the novel. It's like, what if I go through this trouble, and I make yeah. this thing, and it rejects him? Is that just going to make him even more violent and terrifying? Yeah. And this movie... Does actually like that answers that question? It's like, well, now, yeah, well, what happened? That's interesting.
0: Now, now, the other thing, too, is that the other connective tissue between the framing and the movie is that the woman who plays Mary Shelley also plays the bride of Frankenstein, so, right? Yeah, that's so, cool. so that that's an, that's maybe one function that scene serves is it acc- acclimates you to her features so that when she's reintroduced, do you know what I mean? You she registers somehow, do you know what I mean? Um. Like, you know, sometimes in, in versions of Frankenstein, they're like, OK, we've got to show the person whose body is used for the head of the Frankenstein monster so that people are, have a face to expect when the creature comes to life. Um, you know, it's, it, maybe, maybe that was the thinking. But but that seemed to me the reason that that scene is fascinating to me is for the the rolled R's that Joel mentioned. And just the, the, <laughs> because the acting is so overblown like that, like and it's mm-hmm. all on Lord Byron. He's mostly the one talking. And yes. and it's and it's a weird char- characterization of Byron because he's like on the one hand he says things I would expect that that feel kind of Byrony like he says you know that like there's he's talking about how there's all these bolts of lightning and and how Mary Shelley is afraid of lightning and he's he's speculating on who the lightning was meant for you know and and he says well was it meant for me the world's greatest sinner <laughs> you know you know you, and and it's kind of it's kind of like a nice Byron line but he's got this expression on his face that you know and again it's probably because just at the time the movie was made he just he just looks like a he looks like a really self-important actor do you know what I mean he, which is probably not mm-hmm. far from that the person was that was playing him there. Well, that's the <laughs>
1: thing. that That's Lord Byron's actual attitude, though. He was 100% full of himself, and I love him.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Byron's also a tragic figure because he's got, you know, he's got, like, the lame foot, and that's kind of the thing that drives a lot of his personality traits and all of the bravado. You know, he ends up dying, you know, like, what? Unlike like, in, in Greece fighting in war, right? Like, like the, you know, there's... Uh, so, so part of my problems with this characterization is, is also maybe too polished of a, of a Lord Byron. Um, but those rolled R's are really, you know, that little extra affectation. Well, (laughs) you're going to react to them one way or another, right? Like, like they get a reaction, I think. Um, but, but I would agree with Adam that this scene, it does feel weird that it is, it, 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 it's kind of just stuck onto the movie it doesn't feel like it connects yeah. and
3: it's not like that it's not that it's a bad scene it just it just feels like it's in isolation yeah. and
1: but, yeah i think but, that's that's a legitimate complaint yeah. against it They it's, probably it's, should have revisited it at the end that's what i would have it, done
3: it's kind of weird too because it like it feels more period than the actual story of the movie to an yeah. extent like they went to more trouble to make it seem old-timey whereas the 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 actual main segment of the movie it, it does have it's, it's kind of a weird mix of, of it's it's time timeless yeah there's it's
0: not clear it, it, it's it, it, it's 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 about as historical as Ravenloft was do you know what I mean it's that kind of a thing yeah like, and and what's really weird yeah. is it's clearly she's having a conversation in like eight I think in the movie they say 1816 is when she would be having this conversation and there's a grave in the movie that they say the death date was 1899. And so she's telling them a story that doesn't even line up with the time period that she's supposed to be telling the story in. Do you know what I mean? And the story is being told in the past tense. So, so, the fr- so I, I, I feel like that's more evidence that this framing device was just kind of put on. After the fact, maybe Mm -hmm. it wasn't planned in advance, perhaps, or who knows, it just, but it doesn't feel, it does feel like there's a disconnection there. But here's what I'll say about that. This whole movie is, it's, it's better than, I think it's better than the first Frankenstein, But it has this real cobbled together feel it's not like it's a, it's not a beautifully told story. It kind of goes from one thing to the next. And it's just that each thing is very interesting. And the heart of the movie is kind of the monsters development. And, you know, the, the culmination of events at the laboratory, laboratory. so it's not necessarily bad that it's cobbled on because there's a lot of like like that scene with the jars is kind of cobbled in there, too. And, you know, there's just a yeah. lot of stuff that, you know, the, the there's, you know, the movie ends with literally he grabs a switch that just happens to blow up the lab for some reason. You know, there's no. So yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no there's no there's no real logic or reason to it. So um, uh, but yeah, so, but there, there are some. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Was I, say, gonna... I,
3: I don't know if there is anything to it, but, you know, I almost wonder, too, as far as being cobbled together. It's like, you know, knowing that this was post haze Code and they had to give it a happy ending, was there a version of this screenplay, I wonder, where his wife actually was being used as the parts for the bride because yeah they set it it all up for everything well
1: set up for that yeah that
3: that little that little scene where they have the the or he has him talk on a telephone to her see she's alive there we know she's alive now it was like you have to convince let the audience know she's really alive like okay we'll literally have a scene of him talking on the telephone (laughs) with her and it's funny because it's
0: still alive it's clearly oh, meant it's to like, be new technology so he's like i'll, I'll let you talk yes. to her through this electronic device <laughs> yeah.
3: i know i know I'm but humble, it's humble it's like you. i said i, I just kind of wonder if maybe it was supposed to be you know her heart was used because it, it's it so just
1: clearly supposed to be that
3: yeah yeah and they just had to change they just had to change the ending so that kind of little bit got, got shifted there but
0: but um but yeah but, but, but there are a number of topics I want to cover but before we do I did want to I, I didn't get you guys' reaction to the movie and like if you guys liked it or what you thought about it um, and you know I know Joel it was your first time so maybe we should give you the floor on it first I feel like a lot of these are my first time I, I keep
1: stumbling virginally into these movies and being <laughs> hacked apart as the first victim
2: uh, <laughs>
1: All right. So actually, I was thinking about this movie a lot. It took up some real estate in my brain, which I didn't expect it to. It's, it's a small movie. It's a sequel. It's from a, a kind of a strange era, a very kind of commercial era of Hollywood, when they didn't really have their act completely together in terms of thinking about cinema, in terms of art or anything like that. So it's extremely commercial. And I was looking into the history of it. Apparently, they badgered the director from the first one over and over until he finally caved in and made this. And then even from that, like you're mentioning, the Haze go, Code got implemented. And so it was hacked up beyond his original vision. So it's, it's a weird movie. Like, the history of it is almost as fascinating as the movie itself. But I was really thinking about it a lot. Uh, and I think that, I, I don't know, I was entertained by this movie. I was entertained in a way that I'm not commonly entertained by movies. And uh, I don't, I don't know, like part of the, uh, part of the thing about like movies is that you can kind of come to them for a lot of reasons, you know, and you can come to a movie and and admire it as art. You can come to a movie for entertainment. And this movie, I almost kind of came to sort of like Dr. Frankenstein uh, comes into Pretorius's lab where it's just sort of a curiosity. Obviously, I didn't know what to expect, and when it was something I didn't expect, I found myself slightly horrified, but ultimately convinced that I need to invest a little more in it. So, yeah, I actually... I gotta dig this movie. It's uh, it's up there now. I don't know what's gonna happen to it, but it's up there now.
0: Adam, how about you?
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's really solid movie i mean i i've seen it before but i didn't see it till i was an adult and it's like i mean one thing this movie has to get past is the fact that the Karloff frankenstein is such a copied and parried parodied and used in children's entertainment image that it's like it (laughs) would be it would be real easy for you to have a hard time taking this movie seriously in any way Mm -hmm. but you do it's like Karloff's performance is so good that it's like yeah you know you generally when I watch it the first time you see Frankenstein, I have that moment of you know Phil Hartman, Frankenstein yeah. and you know and that <laughs> kind of going through my head but but then then that just goes away. It's like once the movie starts rolling, it's like yeah, he just he it, the the performance is so good that it gets past being such a stereotype, I guess you'd say,
0: yeah, but uh, you know? yeah, does, uh, I, I don't know. They you
1: reintroduce him by like murdering someone. I the, the, I think there was like a couple of people gawking at the flames of the uh, at the windmill, and then they get they fall well, into a little. Those are the parents
0: that he killed. He killed their daughter, if I remember, in the first. Movie. Yeah, it has been kills, a while. He kills them in this one. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was that's kid. the reintroduction. So, well, yeah, they don't. What I like about this movie is how quick. Yeah. Okay, so this is what's weird about the movie. It starts out with that, right? And and it's a sudden, violent murder. He just, like, murders the guy that falls into the well. Then he throws the woman in there. And it's like, whoa, okay, he's clearly a like clearly a monster. Like, you know, there's no doubt he's a monster. And then he stumbles over to Minnie, and suddenly you have this comedic, like... You know, he just killed people, and now she's like, oh, oh, and doing all this, like, physical...
2: wow, wow. wow. Yeah, it's that <laughs> kind of comedy.
0: It's exactly that kind of comedy. And, uh... But it... I don't know. It's charming and it kind of works, and it wouldn't it wouldn't play well today in a modern movie. But you accept it because you know this was a different time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 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 people kind of have like old nineteen thirties mannerisms, so that even adds to it a little bit more. Um, but uh, but I I don't know. I, I like the movie because it's it's so surprising at every step. Like you have that, then then they introduce Doctor Pretorius. So I want to talk about on his own because he's so good um, and. <laughs> And, and then, and then, but then it like gets kind of serious when he meets the blind man and like, he really grows as a character and it gets, it's like the same reason why the original book is so good. Do you know what I mean? Like all the stuff, it's not done in the same way. Like it's a little bit more stupid in the book. The monster is eloquent. Do you know what I mean? And the monster, the monster, like the monster has like read paradise lost in the book. Like he's, he's heard, yeah, he's, or he's heard it spoken. Any 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 he, and he, and he references par- paper references it. So. Yeah. And so he's referencing the Garden of Eden and stuff when he's talking to Doctor Frankenstein. And in this one, he's more, you know, you know, friend, you know. But but it's still more than he had in the first movie. So it, you know, he's they're able to develop the character, and it and it works because when they introduce the bride, the bride is also going through all that same birthing that he is, except Mm -hmm. her whole experience is she's being introduced to this guy who's supposed to be her husband. And she's just having a wildly negative reaction to him. And, and so, you know, by the time the monster sort of realizes that maybe... It, it's weird because I, 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 when, I, when I was writing about this on the blog, I was debating, should I say the monster realizes he actually is unlovable or the monster concludes that he is unlovable? Because I wasn't really sure which of... You know, because he does meet the blind man and the blind man accepts him but there's the lingering question of well will the blind man accept him later if he knows what he knows about him you know so uh, so there's like this almost deeply tragic conclusion the movie has that the mon- the monster might not be mistaken in 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 in, in de- deciding okay nobody's ever going to accept me and then pulling that you know we we belong to do- to de- we, we belong dead switch that he pulls. Yeah, uh, I,
1: I want I want a "We Belong to Die" yeah. t-shirt now. It's the new t-shirt.
3: <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's 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 an interesting point too that you talk about how at the beginning of the movie, you know, he we, he's introduced by killing people and stuff, and it's like I think the wrong thing this movie could have done which it, it avoids is it it definitely is trying to make the monster more sympathetic, but it would have been real easy to do the Terminator two thing of like, Oh, Frankenstein's a good guy. Now and yeah. it's like, no, he is dangerous and scary and will kill people. But that's, it's, it's way more complicated than that. And I think that's a, a strength of the movie. Yeah. And it's... you know, what, oh,
1: though, but Terminator two does have the exact same emotional arc for its main character. Doesn't it? Cause it's a sequel. And it starts off with him murdering people, and then slowly he kind of grows like a conscience and learns he can be loved, and then he's ultimately yeah. chooses to self destruct in the end. Well, that's, that's weird. That's
3: true, actually. Yeah, yeah that's I a guess. good that's, point. That's, that's interesting. an unbelievably
0: apt parallel, Adam. Yeah. Bravo.
3: Thanks.
0: <laughs> but and and again, you know, I just think, you know, it's interesting that he's kind of you know, he's he's a monster. He's evil in a way, but it's it's you know, like that the first murders you can kind of forgive because he's still learning do you know what i mean he's still kind of like a child but after he meets the blind man you feel like he has more moral um uh agency yeah yeah. more moral agency he's he he, he's he's making decisions on his own but but again there is this like i don't know there's this really dark faded quality to the movie where you know the, the what choices does the monster really have? Do you know what I mean? Like, like he's he's not yeah. gonna he's not gonna have a mate. His only friend was taken away from him, and it doesn't look like he's gonna make more friends. So. Well, the fact, uh, yeah.
3: I mean, he did, he did, he's murdered multiple people, including a little girl. It's like, there's, yeah. it's like, no matter how much moral conscience he, he develops, people aren't going to go, you know what? We yeah, forgive yeah. you. It's like, he's, he crossed that line in the first movie. So yeah, there is no happy ending for
2: him. Yeah.
3: I mean, unless he wants to go up to like, you know, the Arctic or something, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah.
1: <laughs> It's like the monster retirement project. Unfortunately, he runs into the elder ones there and it just gets, yeah. it gets messy.
0: <laughs> but, um, they want to
1: dissect him. He wants to dissect them. It's just complicated. So, so anyway. let's,
0: let's talk about Dr. Pretorius some more. Cause I think he's the most interesting character in the movie. I, I think he's, I think he's the thing that makes this movie work. Uh, you wouldn't really have, uh, he's not, I mean, he's a villain, but he's kind of not like the monster and him are kind of, I guess they're kind of like the villain block of the movie. But at the same time, the monster is kind of the star of the movie, so it's it's not like I a typical. Tip... Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, thing,
3: yeah, for me, the monster is the most interesting character. I think you know, Pretorius is is way up there, and he's highly entertaining. But I just, I, I would I say, say the monster is more more interesting. But
1: one of them has a character arc; the other does not, or rather, it's... one is a flat arc because Pretorius is Pretorius the whole way through the yeah. movie. He never yeah. really changes or grows. <laughs> And that's fine by me. I love Pretorius. I don't want Pretorius yeah. to
0: change or grow. I think that would be bad. Here, so, my description of Pretorius is he looks like Andy Dick playing a new wave musician from the early 80s in a music video where he's playing a mad scientist. Like, that is, you know, the visual, oh. I think, of. Joel does not seem to
1: agree with that. How visual. does your mind work? I mean, no, I agree with you. But how does your mind come up with these things?
0: Because I think that <laughs> because that because that gets at all of the weird eccentricities of the character. Do you know what I mean? Like the he's a really bizarre person in this movie. And mm-hmm. and and the only person that I could think of that would really kind of get that is Andy Dick. And then on top of <laughs> that, like it's Andy Dick, but like he's got this weird hairdo and he's got like you know what I mean? Like it's just and 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 it's and he's a mad scientist but he's like a mad scientist in a real extreme way it's not like a, you know
1: he's not even even evil so much as he is like kind of amoral and just really excited about playing god like super into
0: it he he almost makes it seem like a good idea do you know what i mean he almost makes it seem like yeah like he's he's the only person having any fun in the whole movie Right Everybody else is miserable, <laughs> you know, maybe the blind man, the blind man seems to take some satisfaction in finding a friend, but clearly that's because he's been miserable and lonely for so long. but Pretorius yeah. has sort of accepted that the the world has rejected him because he was booted out of the university, and so he's just embraced this i don't know this devil like he's he's sort of he's sort of like a um like Lord Byron a little bit? Yeah, he's a little bit <laughs> like a Lord Byron figure. But again, yeah, if they... Had,
1: ours, it would have been hilarious. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, if they had had the same... If, if he had been the actor playing Lord Byron, then that might have been an interesting... You know, um, yeah,
3: yeah. and it's, it's interesting, like, the way he's introduced Pretorius, it's like... He shows up in the middle of the night, wakes everyone up, and it's like I must talk to you urgently. Mm. And there's like there's nothing about what he said. Like I'm it's there's nothing that requires talking to someone (laughs) in the middle of the night. And then he like wraps up the whole conversation. It's not that late. Let's go back to my lab now. And it's like it's to be fair,
1: that pickup line works, man.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: yeah like that that's successful pickup line. Good job.
0: Well, and, and also it's that interesting
1: that, pickup artist. well,
0: and there is a whole thing about, there is like a, a, a lot of readings of this movie about him and Frankenstein as like a gay couple in some way. So that's not they, too they even have off. a
1: lovely daughter together. I mean, like.
0: Well, also, if you look at the way he looks at Elizabeth, he like has this like steaming, resentful look whenever she's in the foreground and he's looking at her from behind. Um, so you can sort of yeah. see, you can sort of see that reading. But what I also found interesting is he shows up and Minnie, Minnie is the first one to meet him. And he says his name, which is a weird name. And she's like, Pretorius, there's no such name. So it's sort of like he doesn't even belong in this universe. Do you know what I mean? It's like he's yep. he, he's like this intrusion into the Frankenstein world. Um, and, and, and it just feels weird. He just feels like it, it, there's just something like... Uh, unusual about the character in that way and like and i think you really see it in the scene where they're doing the grave robbing to get the body to make the the bride and and and, in in the murderers that he hired to go there are like all they're all freaked out by the fact that they're robbing this grave and he sets up a picnic in the tomb and he's like yep. enjoying himself. And then the monster shows up, and instead of being afraid of the monster, he's like, Oh, I didn't know I was alone. And he's like, Have a cigar. They're my only weakness, which is like the thing that he says about everything. You know, he tells yeah. Frankenstein earlier gin is it's yeah. my only weakness. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, like are yeah, and the Criminals too. Those criminals he has working for him are just hilarious, like <laughs> stock characters too. Yeah. Like this is no life for a murderer. <laughs> yeah.
2: <That's, that's laughs>
3: yeah, this I don't know. This movie just has so many good little touches like that.
2: But uh
0: But
3: yeah,
1: I, I think
0: is a he's a really cool Pretorius character. Pretorius is my favorite part of this movie. Like like I agree with you. The monster is more interesting in that he kind of that's where all of the uh tragedy in the movie is. But yeah, but uh
3: okay. but I say I could definitely say Pretorius is probably the most entertaining character yes. in the movie. Yes. That well, I also, can... like, in terms
1: of characters I would want to be, he is only slightly behind Lord Byron and leagues <laughs> ahead of every
0: other character. <laughs> but yeah, but it's just he's just and all of the interesting dialogue is from Pretorius. you know, Pretorius says all he says all the fun stuff, you know, he he and he's just he's just so like like okay, we'll get into the scene about how where they get the heart from right because frankenstein is is doing all this work and he's kind of being led to believe that the body parts are coming from legitimate sources and one of the yeah. hearts that they have is too old it's not working well so frankenstein's like well i need a healthy young heart and and you see this look come over Victoria's face like no problem and and <laughs> and you can tell he knows exactly how this heart this is going to be a result of murder and, he, and he's yeah. like, oh, you know, go to the I forget the name of the guy, but he has this henchman who just looks like a, a horrible human being. And he said, you know, you know, <laughs> he, you know, go to the accident hospital and get us a heart, won't you? And like, it's just he just knows what this guy's going to do. And the guy goes off and murders some woman in an alley and brings the heart back. And, you know, <laughs> but, and
1: Troy's does not give even one single Like, he, he doesn't care. He's like, OK, cool. fresh heart, Let's go.
0: Yeah, he, he he enjoys everything about the whole process. He, like I said, he's a he, He's it, it is funny because it's it's like you were saying. He, he is more amoral than evil. It's not like he's going out of his way to do bad things. Like the guy who kills the woman seems to enjoy it, whereas Pretorius just doesn't seem to care. He just you know whatever whatever works, that's what we're gonna do, and he doesn't have any qualms about it. So he's kind of more like uh, I feel like he's sort of like this figure that's sort of. Uh, beyond good and evil in the movie right like he's he's yeah. that kind he, of a figure he is there is your yeah. superman well i mean it was made in 1935 and like and the whole premise of the film is you know make a mate for the monster so that you can create a new race right so like there there is that mm-hmm. th- there's also that theme in the movie too which i mean you know it's you know it's it's you know 1935 is not you know far off from you know all of those events so I, I you know I, I think that uh you know it's 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 certainly it's it's another interesting aspect of the film because that is that is one of Frankenstein's concerns in the book when the monster proposes Mm-mm. making him a mate is you know well what's gonna happen when these people po- like if they populate like what's gonna what's the result going to be um, right and
1: he he observes that the monster is so much more capable than humankind that eventually it's not gonna end well for humankind yeah so and he, yeah. he sort of—I I, don't—I don't know how legitimate his refusal to create the mate is in the book. Like he's a pretty weird character in the book, and he goes into like weird rages and fits and things like yeah. that. So, but that is a legitimate excuse he gives. That is at least compelling as an argument. Where it's like, I don't want to be the guy that annihilates my own species.
2: <laughs> like, I don't well, want to his,
1: be the dude that pulls that trigger.
0: His rejection of the monster in the book is weird too, because he like, he's already like put together, you know. A human being. I don't remember in the book if it was explicit that he got the body parts from cadavers, but presumably he it did. Um, and uh, but he's, he's his hands are dirty. But then when he sees it animated, it's like he freaks out and he rejects it. And he, you know, yeah. They, it, w- one of the things I one of the papers
1: that I read in studying for the paper I wrote was about that like weird moment where he goes from it's so beautiful now that it's you know that I've assembled it to it's hideous now that yeah. it moves and I hate it. It's, it's mm-hmm. strange, because the motion of the monster is a really big deal. Like, something about the way it's animated just screws with his
0: mind. It's anyway, maybe it's like it, an Uncanny Valley type I thing. think so.
1: Um, and, like, the, the paper itself went into, like, Mary Shelley's... Um, uh, she, she had this re- relationship with this guy who was kind of like a quack scientist at the time. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing was being able to know about somebody just from their facial expressions. And he would like spend hours and hours studying portraits and writing texts about the personalities of the people. And he was like, Oh, that's all I need is just to see their faces and the motion of their faces just confuses the, uh, the, the process of understanding them from their bone structure. Like he was one of those kind of scientists (laughs) and she thought he was a horrible quack because I mean, clearly he was. And anyway, so an interesting little factoid about Mary Shelley is that she knew a guy like that, and there may have been something that found its way into the novel because of that experience. Uh,
0: no, that's definitely interesting. It also it also lends more weight to us eventually uh, watching that other movie. I forget the name of it. I think it was was it Frankenstein Unbound, the one that I had uh, um, I had mentioned before. Um,
3: I know we had the title wrong at one point, so I'm not sure what the okay. right. title
0: but whatever the title was that mid nineties, uh, movie, I think starring, um, the guy who played Gandalf, what's his name? Um, Frankenstein
3: Unbound is what you have on the list. Okay. So right. that's the right
0: one. Okay. It might've been John Hurt, one of the two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, uh, the, the I don't know. It's, it, 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 the, 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 the I feel like this movie has a better relationship with the book than the first movie, even though it really Mm -hmm. goes off the rails in a lot of ways, because you can have like like the conversations that you can have relate back to the book just more clearly um yeah it's interesting because you're right the
1: the actual subjects of the movie diverge so much from the events in the book but the themes are really close much closer than in the first movie so it's it's fascinating that they they chose to do it that way and i think that um that might be why we see the the framing device that we do at the beginning where they're like well look okay maybe this wasn't what, what Shelley eventually wrote maybe she was thinking about it with her romantic yeah. era poet friends and so we kind of got a fusion of some of these ideas and some ideas got dropped along the way so I don't know if they were maybe trying to appeal to huge Frankenstein nerds, but uh, I don't know if they had they
0: Frankenstein nerds back then, did they? Do you think? I they don't were... know.
1: I wonder if they were, were the some...
0: people in the theater going, "Hey, hey, that's not how it happened no, in the book." Wait a minute,
1: <laughs> I have my my copy of Frankenstein right here.
2: Like <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe I don't know. Like I, who knows what what conversations happened here where they were like okay argue,
3: is the movie canon or not? Yeah, that's yes. what I want to know.
1: Someone wrote a letter to us and it was delivered by Burrow. And <laughs> yeah, what was the,
0: what was the '30s equivalent of? facebook and twitter where would this have uh... it was a
1: burrow delivering mail and <laughs> in mail. his 30 page essay mail. he mentions the inaccuracies to the text i think this guy represents a large percentage of our audience as he is one of them <laughs> therefore <laughs> there
0: was uh, a different
1: way of thinking that's all i'm saying
0: so let's talk about the blind man because that's obviously a famous scene like I, I guarantee people see that scene and they know that yeah. scene already because they've seen um young frankenstein, young frankenstein right? Stein, yeah um so and also it's not that far like Mel Brooks was not straying that far from the not events really. of the of the, uh, you know, like right down to the cigars. Right. So um, the cigars are a little bit more believable in this one. They're not <laughs> as, they're not as goofy looking. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's, it's an important scene. It's kind of where the monster becomes more human. Um, and I think it is almost it's just, to me, it's the scene where like it's more clear that the monster actually has a soul because that's where like, you know, He shows up and the the blind man is playing Ave Maria on the violin. And so there's, I don't know, there seems to be like a religious thing being stated there. Um, But I don't know, do you guys have any thoughts on this
2: scene?
1: I couldn't help but picture Gene Hackman in the role of the blind man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's the first thing but no i mean like it it is a touching scene and again it's very close to the kind of like texture of the book it's Mm. it's a blind man of course he wasn't living alone in the book but in this case he's living alone and he's like very lonesome and he shows genuine like empathy and compassion to the monster's plight and he teaches him and like he's patient with him in a way that Frankenstein really wasn't in the novel. It's fascinating because like Frankenstein teaches himself these things and it's his own yearning to be close to a human being that, that drives him to self teach. And in this one, it's an actual human being reaching out to him with kindness, which I don't think ever happens in the novel.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and we see that that allows this like seed of, of humanity to sprout. And I, I, what I think is fascinating about Karloff's performance from that scene forward is that he's balancing the unnatural, monstrous, urge-based nature of his original role with this kind of new, more sophisticated understanding of human morality. And it's it's a really good performance. And I, I think that scene makes it very believable and helps to anchor it.
2: Yeah. I'm how about not... you, Adam?
1: How do you feel? uh
3: I think I think what basically this scene, effectively having this moment in the movie where someone does reach out to him and connect with him and he really that's kind of what leads you to the ending of the movie where he just destroys himself. It's like having tasted that, it's like he just kinda of can't go on without it anymore. It's like, you know, I mean there's there's not many scenarios you can see where he does lead any kind of productive life anyway but I'm saying that kind of having having had a friend and then losing it and and having no chance of getting it again does just make it a believable ending where he's just like nope I'm done
0: (laughs) yeah because he goes from having a real friend to wanting like an artificial friend that's constructed for him right so it's like a it's a it's a weird journey that he goes from there and I think also in that scene we see him crying in the bed when he sleeps do you know, what I mean, like that scene where he's yeah. putting him to bed yeah, is really to touching. Um, yeah, and, uh, and and like you said, the the Karloff performance is very impressive. Um, and and I don't know, I just, I just think it's it's also hyper efficient because it happens also fast. You know, like like mm-hmm. this 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 enormous development of the character happens in basically two scenes in that house, and midway through the second scene, he's already running out the door and the place is on fire so it's uh it's interesting how quickly they're able to establish all these things as well um and you know i think i think you know that's just a uh it's uh, to me that's you know i mean obviously it's it, it is hard to watch it now and not think of the parody scene but the scene on its own is very effective and i i think uh um you know uh you know if you if you if you could if you can keep your mind from expecting like the cigar to burn his fingers and, you know you, you, well, oh.
3: that goes back to what I said earlier that the good thing about this movie is it does let you get past that stuff mm. it's like yeah. a lot of movies would be ruined by the fact you kind of saw the parody first and you can never take it seriously but I mean even if you have that stuff for me at least even having that stuff in my head I still I still really get into this original movie
0: yeah, no. In some think, ways, it can enhance it too because that that voca- that like cultural vocabulary is there, and so it's like a mm-hmm. reference point that like when this scene comes, you notice this scene. Do you know what I mean? You you just you, you yeah. can't help but not pay attention, but pay attention to it. Uh, I'm sorry, Joel. What were you saying?
1: Well, I was I was thinking about it and like. You know the monster has a lot of stuff ruined for him by villagers setting fire to things. You know <laughs> that because like that's that's how he got beaten in the first movie, and then in this movie, like he takes a friend and they immediately burn down his house. Like I could see, I could see the whole fire bad thing.
0: Though he does, work. he's is he, isn't he kind of responsible for that because he's the one that stumbles into the, the. I, I'm a little unclear on, how the, but I remember something yeah, falls into right. the fire. But either way, it's 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 a product of them coming in there and being like, yo, old man, get away from this murderer type thing. So, you know. Well, uh, and that's,
1: that is kind of how he was snatched away from the old man in the book, too, where, like, it wouldn't it wasn't random villagers. It, it, was, it was the guy's, the like, family, son or right? something. Yeah. yeah. They came in and, and sort of wrecked the deal. But it was left ambiguous in the book whether or not the old man was actually going to form a connection or not. It was mm-hmm. like they had, like, a lot of buildup to it. So...
0: But but I think but 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 it is again you know it, it's different but it's similar enough that it, it keeps the heart like that's the that's like the heart of the character that gets lost in translation in the first movie and so they mm-hmm. that they can kind of restore it here I think is one of the things that makes the movie work and they don't restore it the way that like the Kenneth Branagh movie restored it by trying to be like overly uh, faithful in ways to the book I mean there's obviously parts yeah. where it's not but. Um, you know they, they 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 keep the heart but the, but everything else works cinematically
1: um oh my god they put in a new heart to their frankenstein's monster that's great it even <laughs> works as a metaphor <laughs> no what was
0: the word you taught us before the podcast the uh uh pataphor was that it oh the pataphysics. yeah pataphysics yeah uh, oh my god. is that a pataphor or no or are we not straight into pataphor territory
1: I honestly have no idea. We all, we all learned a new word today
0: for those listening. We learned the word We're 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 grappling with what it means here. Um,
1: uh, (laughs) Much like all of
0: human existence grapples with it.
2: It's
1: on Wikipedia. Good luck folks.
0: So, um, so yeah, so I guess, I guess, uh, what's left is to maybe talk about the bride (laughs) because we haven't really talked about the bride of Frankenstein and her reveal. Uh, she's not in the movie very much. That's what they're talking about. Uh, well, she's not, and it's in some ways it's disappointing. In some ways, it's what makes her so memorable because you just get like a <laughs> flicker of her, and it's like, whoa, that was interesting, but then it's gone. And so, yeah. you know, and 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 I don't think there's there's not too many. It, it's not like there's like a you know thing where she comes back the next year. So, you know, I think she
1: actually dies it, in that explosion. Yeah,
0: though. yeah. So, um, but I thought I thought the performance was great. I think that she does a really mm. tremendous job of, uh. Being similar to like Karloff's monster, but in a more feminine way, and in a way that's, uh, uh, she's both kind of new to the world, like he is, but somehow she's a more perfect creation than he is. And so that makes her rejection of him more believable. So, you know, like she has a scar under her neck. She clearly, you know, and her hair's all frizzy from the lightning, I think. But, but otherwise, she looks pretty human and and he you know is monstrous so there's no you know there's this uh she's like she's a i don't know she's almost like a midpoint between regular people and the monster um mm-hmm. yeah i
3: i'd say one comment i'll make is that you know my my theory that it was really the, uh, you know, Frankenstein's wife whose heart was in there, the fact she's instantly drawn to Frankenstein. She's like hmm. she's she just instantly kind of has this attraction to him, you know, that as opposed to the monster. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of wonder if that would tie together with 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 uh, with that element.
0: But Well, uh, well no. also as we all know the name of the creature is not frankenstein and the movie is called bride of frankenstein and so i you know, know so-
2: i know line?
3: pretorius's line ah oh, the bride of frankenstein <laughs> that always just kind of like makes my teeth itch a little bit when he does that because like, i was it's in the title too but yeah it, uh it's just like well, wait, the bride of who?
1: What? I will I will point out that in the little prequel scene we all have decided was tacked on at the last minute. Lord Byron does refer to the monster as Frankenstein oh to help legitimize and cement that it is actually so, named Frankenstein. Though, and took his name. Though Lord I Byron think so. Here's the thing.
0: It. I I watched this twice before the podcast so that I could follow some of the dialogue in those scenes and I believe he says something to the effect, and I could be wrong because I'm going by memory, but I think he says. You know your monster Frankenstein. Now, now your monster Frankenstein could refer to the creature, but it could refer to the book. You know what I mean? Um,
1: oh yeah, or the character of Doctor yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, so, so that is
0: kind of ambiguous. Yeah, um, but I have a feeling like the director was smart enough that he—I mean, he obviously knew because the character Henry Frankenstein in the in the movies, Victor in the book, is named Frankenstein, and the creature is called the monster. The director's mm-hmm. not forgetting that right like he, he's aware yeah, of that yeah. so they're they're obviously either playing to something that you know happened after the release of the movie or they're playing with the ambiguity of who you know like 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 you know like it, it kind of lends weight to the this idea that maybe the heart was originally meant to be elizabeth's heart and uh but but who knows i, I don't know i've i haven't looked that up so i don't know what the uh reality yeah
3: was. i it's just a it's just a theory that popped into my head watching it last night. So I, I don't it's have so any. It's so
1: well foreshadowed, though. Like it structurally, yeah. it feels like that's the right thing to do, and it's foreshadowed a lot.
0: So it's weird that it doesn't yeah. happen. And yeah. in and in the book, he the monster kills Elizabeth, right? Like Elizabeth is killed by the monster in the book. I think. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another reason to think about it. But, yeah. uh, um. So I don't know. And that would be more poetic. That would definitely like it's fine that the guy goes off and murders some random woman. But it, it really would make the the woman's behavior make a lot more sense if that's the heart that's in her body, um, and yeah. also it's more I don't know it makes it makes Pretorius's behavior more delicious because you know not only is he because because the 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 thing that's making the his behavior interesting in that scene is that Victor do, or Henry doesn't know that a murder is about to be committed, um, but mm-hmm. if if it's actually his own wife that's about to be murdered, it's more like, it's like that South park episode where he feeds the guy, his parents. Do you know what oh, I mean? It's yeah. that, it's that kind of a thing where it's a, um, there's the a real macabre. Huh? What was that?
1: The original Eric Cartman. Yeah.
0: Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, so, so, so I, I like your idea. I hope, I hope that's what they were originally planning and that, that it was the Hayes code that, that, that stopped it because that, would really make it an interesting story. Um, yeah, oh,
3: that, that would just be like real horror. I mean that's yeah. just a whole level of that, horror to kick oh, in yeah. on top of everything else. But I, uh, you know
1: what my favorite part of that theory is and I hope it's true because I I want to envision in my head this room full of haze code sensors watching that just utterly horrified <laughs> and being like we, you can't do that and, like emerging in tears <laughs> like yeah. that's that's what I want to have happened
0: in history. It, it it is interesting to wonder what this movie would have looked like without the code. I think it, in in a lot of ways, though, you know, it's the, it, 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 you don't want to change it because it's such a classic. So it's sort of like a weird thing. But I feel like that change would be an improvement. Um, I
1: want I want the Snyder cut
2: of yeah. Bride and Frank. Yeah, how do you how do you
0: make that happen? Do you know, how do you make, well there? I don't remember if uh, there is that movie, The Bride, that came out in the eighties with Sting in it. I don't remember. They I never saw in.
3: that, actually.
0: It's not well-liked. I know that. Um, I know. Uh, I, know. I, I I remember seeing it as a kid. I think it was on HBO. But it wasn't something that I remember being very good. Um, Sometimes, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's possible that I just wasn't old enough to appreciate it, but... Uh,
3: nobody seemed
0: to like it. I've
3: never heard anyone go, no man, the bride, You got to check it out. I think,
0: I think what was it you said, Joe, I I told you about it and you said, Oh, I always need more sting in my life. And I think I said, (laughs) in this case, you might not, you might not need (laughs) more sting.
1: (laughs) Well, like, Here's the thing for me: Movie Sting is always going to be emerging from a vat of steam on Beady Prime in a metal thong you know. So if any of that happens in this movie, well, no, I'll at least love that. Part.
0: I mean, they do. It is sort of one of these things where they do try to like make him a handsome, dashing Frankenstein, if I recall. So you know, he's got like the blousey shirt and everything, and and all that stuff. So you know, there might be that for you, but like.
3: He has a shirt. He doesn't do the Kenneth Branagh thing of being shirtless while he does. No, no. The
0: Kenneth Branagh, that's a whole other level. (laughs) You know, I got to really show off my pecs and biceps because, um, because I'm know. the director. Well, you know it's I... funny it, well, it's just funny cuz you always like there's there's a, that famous black adder episode with the actors where he makes fun of how actors always thrust out their chest. And so you know <laughs> and it's just like the, the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein is like the embodiment of that. Like just the you know. <laughs> So uh-huh. um, we really we should we really need to do that movie at some point not for Halloween but we need to have a conversation Solely about that film at some point.
1: Um, what we ought to have after October is Schlocktober, which is just November. Yeah, I was, and y- yeah. I was oh,
0: thinking yeah. about that because I was actually thinking of theming these as Schlocktober, and I decided not to. But I think that's a good idea: is to do Schlocktober for November, yeah. and that can October be like our, our two Schlocktober. like we can do like the Reanimator during Schlocktober oh, and yeah, stuff like we that, you know. But uh you know if, if if we if we if we dare to go there the toxic avenger might be a possibility um but that might be too that might be too schlocky for schlocktober that might that might be a schlockdown movie
1: um yeah, we have to schlockdown down that one yeah. anyway um but yeah, so getting back to the bride for a moment um not a lot of her in the movie, but what is there is really good, and yeah. it it kind of rides the line between uh being scary and being like she gets like a full character arc in like the three minutes she's in this movie yeah. that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive and it, writing and it's all yeah.
0: done with twitches head movements a, a semi gasp a scream and a hiss that's like literally yeah, yeah. all she does that
1: hiss is the only thing anyone remembers by the yeah.
0: way <laughs> yeah that's the one that they make fun of in uh in the Mel Brooks movie I think right the uh doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't uh, mad, mad- well, And Khan every time hiss. she
1: shows up Anytime they, they do the Bride of Frankenstein in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, she's constantly hissing, and I was like, oh, I guess she's got a hiss—that's her yeah. thing. But I never saw the movie. I, I, like, I like hey, the
0: no, way Madeline so Kahn does it though, because she does like a sexy, I'm yeah. super hot, but it's funny type of thing with the hiss. God, so, I love
1: Madeline Kahn yeah. so much. She, she
0: was amazing. She was amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, no, it's it's all done with just all that, and like, uh, and it's it's cat-like. Like you can tell she's mimicking a cat, and it's a really good choice because it's not an intuitive choice like emulating a cat for some other kind of monster you would think of but for this it's like mm. why would you even think of a cat but it works it, 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 it's a really well, interesting or like
1: a snake because like, like her body oh. language has that same kind of uh this about poise to a snake and a hmm. cat that they share in common with the Bride of Frankenstein. That was
0: pretty cool. I thought it was a cat because the way she's jerking her head around, but I guess I could see that being a snake too. I never thought of that. Like yeah, maybe it, maybe just it wasn't just mean- maybe it wasn't a cat. Maybe it was a snake. Um I don't know Adam what did you what animal did you think she was imitating or well, did you I'm not even pick
3: snakes now. Now I'm thinking about Lair of
0: the White Worm which I'm thinking maybe <laughs> oh, we <laughs> need to do that movie cuz that movie
3: is great. Well and that
0: has Hugh Grant in it too so that would be a yeah. real you know. Ooh, have you seen Lair for Joel. Ha- Have you seen Lair of the White Worm Joel? I have Wait, not seen Lair. <laughs> that's so that's first off much. Slayer of the white worm is a treat for everyone there's there's no yeah. no, nobody is left unsatisfied with layer <laughs> of the white worm but yeah. it, it, it's 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 one of these movies i think it was made in the mid-90s and it just has mid-90s written all over it it wouldn't if, have been made if, in another time period if, if uh,
1: mid-90s hugh grant told me he was going to take me to his Lair of the white worm i would say yes
0: oh <laughs> uh, i'm not going to spoil this the, the plot for you but it it's it's uh and it's actually based well, it's, on a Bram Stoker story which is kind of cool too. So it's based it's, on It's directed,
3: it's directed yeah. by Ken Russell too if you're familiar with Ken Russell at all. But What did uh, Ken Russell do? It, uh, probably his most famous movie in America is Altered States, but he did The Devils, Ooh, uh, I love Altered Listom- States. What's
1: that? I love Altered States, man. That movie's awesome.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, he did uh he did uh Listomania, that really strange movie about List as like a rock star kind of thing. With Nazis and I don't know it's really
0: strange it? uh, you know what we should but, do when we do Layer of the White Worm we should do it back to well are we going to do that for Schlocktober Layer of the White Worm is that the
3: I don't know uh, I said we need to do it I don't, okay. I'm not necessarily throwing it into Schlocktober I think I, I don't know it might be too good for Schlocktober it might
0: be good to pair that with the 92 Dracula because there are some similarities mm-hmm. there too in terms of the the way that those movies are shot and done. you know what I mean there's, there's like a vibe that both those movies huh. have that sure. might be, would know, be fine
2: interesting.
3: sharing those. Um, Anything that allows speak. me
1: to, to lust after like Hugh Grant and then immediately Gary Oldman sounds fine to me. I'm completely on board
0: with
1: that. <laughs> I have alternate reasons for enjoying these movies and shut up. The,
0: uh, the, yeah. Yeah. Well, that probably is um, Gary Oldman's most um, like, what would be the word? Like that's the movie where they hold him up as like a sex symbol character more because I remember after that movie came out like hearing from a lot of women that were like you know oh Dracula is so sexy and 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 they had Gary Oldman sentiment pre-Gary Oldman no it did but get but I don't remember Gary Oldman being thought of that way before he did Dracula i could be you know I, I, I could be mistaken but yeah by the um,
3: way on the ken russell thing when i was citing his movies i said oh probably most people know altered states no the movie most people know is tommy that's the movie most people know tommy? that
1: ken russell- Ugh. Yeah. Man, i would definitely prefer altered states over tommy
3: me too. I'm just saying, I just saying it's the most famous one. It's not by any means my favorite Ken Russell movie, okay. but
1: uh, I, I hate when that happens when the director who's like actually visionary and very capable has something popular. It's like the worst thing in his
0: catalog. And it's like, Oh, it's that guy.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I just had to throw that out there. So, uh,
0: so yeah, so, so I don't know what are our um, closing thoughts on this one? It's been, we've been going uh, on for an hour months. actually about it. Oh um, we, yeah. We should probably wrap it up. Huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we don't do a ratings in this, right? We just kind of give our close. We, we do like the more Maury... No, Jer- we do the Jerry Jerry Springer thing, the final thoughts, right? So, Bad. so I would say this movie is number one. It's good because it's better than the first Frankenstein film, which you should still see if you're going to see this. But like, you know, it's it's. It, I think this is a superior movie. This movie is also good because it's it's campy, it's fun, it's. It's scary and it's tragic, but it's, it's, it's so, it's not, it's kind of like, it's very, it's probably the most in the spirit of how people approach Halloween generally out of all the movies that we've done. Do you know what I mean? It just has this real fun atmosphere to it and, and it, uh, and it enjoys itself and, and it, it explores very interesting themes And it's the kind of movie where you could literally have 18 different conversations about it, depending on what you choose to focus on. There's a lot that we didn't even get into in here um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's just a real interesting film. So I I think it's 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 a it's totally worth checking out. And again, it's 1935. So you're going to have to get used to the fact that it's a 1935 movie, but it's only an hour and 14 minutes. It goes by fairly quickly. It's not it's not a hard watch at all.
3: Yeah, I think it's a really—it's actually a really visually beautiful movie. I think this is really well directed. I mean, just the composition of shots mm-hmm. and so on. I mean, the the montage in the lab i, I feel works really well in this. I mean, it's just—and then the obviously the the direction with regards to acting is very good. But it uh, yeah, it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a beautiful movie. It's—it's it's just really enjoyable to watch too. It's nothing. I don't feel like it's a homework movie. You're like, well, it's a classic. Got to watch it. <laughs> I'll get this under my belt and I'll, I'll feel a little smarter. It's like, no, this is, this is just a good movie. I, 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 I highly recommend it to anyone. But, uh, yeah, it's your opinion, Joel.
1: Um, well, it is a bit of a Frankenstein's monster of a film, you know, because <laughs> it did get chopped up a whole bunch. Um, yeah. And it's the the pieces that they chose to put into it are sometimes really surprising and sometimes really delightful in ways you didn't mm-hmm. expect. And, there's some parts that have a pathos that's very rare in cinema in in general and so it's it's strange to see those little sparks of of art and humanity it's mm-hmm. interesting in the places it's similar to the frankenstein novel it's interesting in where they chose to attach it to the ongoing franchise they accidentally birthed it's interesting where it diverges um, it's it's the frankenstein monster that i didn't realize i was going to be delighted to find instead of horrified about so i this i don't know like i said it's taken up real estate in my brain that i didn't anticipate it would do yeah. and for a kind of a campy movie from a very different era of filmmaking that's a, that's an impressive achievement and i've i've seen the original frankenstein and it didn't leave
0: the same impression this yeah. one did
1: not quite as deep no what i so i, I think i I think I agree that it's it's superior in in at least in that regard, Brendan.
0: When I saw the original Frankenstein, I think I saw it around the same time I saw the original Dracula back, probably when I was mm. like in high school or something. And it was one of those things where it's like, well, I need to see it because I haven't seen it yet, and it's a classic. And I saw it, and I was like, well, that was good, but like, you know, it didn't really, it it just didn't, you know, uh, mm. it it didn't have the same impact that this movie had. Uh, this movie had a much bigger impact on me, and I think it. It's for those reasons. Also, I do want to agree with something Adam said. This is a beautiful movie. Unfortunately, I think the one on Amazon is kind of made, it's like the made for TV uh, aspect ratio. I don't know if that's the, you know, so I don't know how close it is if you get it on like a Blu ray that's better restored or something. But it has really great shots in the end of the movie where they're in the lab and they're getting all those angled shots of Pretorius and Frankenstein. And Mm -hmm. it adds so much to like, feeling of what's going on so i i think that you know that that is another aspect of the film that we didn't even really talk about but that you mentioned in your closing remarks which is it's just a it's a gorgeous movie um so yeah so people should go check it out and we will be back on we'll talk about uh i don't know what we're going to talk about next but we're going to try to get as many halloween movies in as we can and then apparently we're going to do schlocktober so we'll have we'll have like a We'll we'll have a little extra padding at the on you know, the other side <laughs> of Halloween to do some interesting movies. And until then, we'll talk to you later.